Welcome to Watch Therefore. We're watching for our King, our Savior, Messiah Yeshua, Jesus, our Lord. He's coming through the clouds any moment for His people, and He told us to watch therefore and be ready. You don't know the hour, the day, the coming of the Son of Man. Dove Schwartz here at the Sea of Galilee. Wow, what a reminder of the times in which we live today. I've got a special teaching from the Word of God. Now we have also a couple ministries that are really sponsoring the program that are so important. Our ministries, Blessing Israeli Believers and Poured Out for the Nations. Romans chapter 1 verse 16 says that I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ for it is a power of God to salvation for everyone who believes to the Jew first and then to the Gentile. Blessing Israeli Believers, Poured Out for the Nations. Go to our website, watchtherefore.tv find out more. We're also going to talk about those ministries more at the break. Now, a word of prayer. Father in heaven, in Messiah Jesus' name, thank you for your goodness to us. Thank you for your love for us. Thank you for showing us your prophetic word, preparing us for your great and glorious coming, Lord Jesus. Bless all of our viewers today, Father. We thank you in Messiah Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so I'm going to set this teaching up a little bit. You ready? And here we go. In the first century, in the first century, after hundreds of years of Bible prophecy, the prophets writing about the king who would come lowly and riding on a donkey. He would be doing signs and wonders. He would be even greater than Moses, this man. Why? Because he's the Messiah. He's God, the Son, the Son of God. The Bible taught that he would suffer and die for our sins. Uh, So much more. This is just a snapshot of all the prophecies of the first coming of Messiah Jesus. The first coming of Messiah Jesus. And there he is. Sinless. Walking, talking, doing all these miracles and signs and wonders. And so certainly then, you would think that the, the, the leaders of their faith, the ones who had memorized the scriptures, that was part of the qualifications of becoming a Pharisee or a Sadducee, is to memorize all those scriptures that have been written down through those many hundreds of years, right? And, And so you would think that they would recognize, certainly after reading all of these prophecies of the first coming of Messiah, they would recognize, here he is. Here he is, our long awaited Messiah. And they would be sharing with all the other children of Israel, come to him now. Experience this, the forgiveness, the salvation, the grace of, of Adonai, of the Lord, right? Well, I'm, I'm confident many who are watching know that's, that's not how it went down. Not only were those who were responsible to see these things for themselves and, and then to share others with others in Israel that their, their Messiah had come, not only did they not see him for who he was for themselves, they also came against him that others wouldn't believe in him in his first coming. And, and, and that's what we see in Matthew chapter 16, beginning in verse 1. Then the Pharisees and Sadducees came. Now, by the way, there were some good Pharisees. I mean, Nicodemus was a decent Pharisee and he came to Messiah Jesus. And I believe he ended up believing in him and, and, and Joseph of Arimathea. And then in the book of Acts, we see after the resurrection of Messiah Jesus and the preaching of Peter and others that, that some of the Pharisees came to the Lord and came to faith in Messiah Jesus, right? He says, then the Pharisees and Sadducees came and testing him, asked that he would show them a sign from heaven. 
He answered and said to them, When it is evening, you say, it will be fair weather, for the sky is red. And in the morning, it will be foul weather today, for the sky is red and threatening. Hypocrites, you know how to discern the face of the sky, but you cannot discern the signs of the times. And then he even goes on to call them in a wicked and adulterous generation. <coughs> Excuse me. And, and, and it was just horrible and tragic, right? To the place where they rejected him so much. And of course, we know it was his plan. Uh, nothing takes uh, the Lord Almighty by surprise. But to the point where they would reject him, just like Isaiah 53 said they would, to, to calling out some of the leaders, stirring up some of the Jewish people to cry out, crucify him. Right? And, and so I've heard many uh, from pulpits in churches and, and, and many uh, uh, Christians curse these leaders for not seeing him, for who he, he is. Right? But, but let me ask you this. With even more, many, many, many more prophecies about his second coming leaping off the pages of the Bible at us. Today, are there not many church leaders who can't see his second coming is imminent? Are there not many in churches across the world? Most I dare say, who cannot see the signs of the times and walk in a very similar hypocrisy? It's very serious. It's very serious. Thankfully, the Spirit of the Lord is moving in the hearts and minds of precious church leaders today. Many are faithfully preaching the second coming of Messiah Jesus I think it was Franklin Graham who said the second coming of Messiah Jesus is one of the the most neglected teachings of the Bible today. Right? It's true. It's true. And so uh, there are pastors, literally, I've listened to them, who are against what God is doing, raising up physically Israel and preparing to spiritually rebirth Israel as a nation. They come against it. They say, no, 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 the church is Israel. Except where it talks about condemnation. Where it talks about condemnation and, and, and judgment, that's Israel when it says Israel. But when it says Israel pertaining to end times blessings and all that, that's the church. It has nothing to do with Israel. It's foolishness. It's bizarre. It's, it's literally just like the Pharisees in the first century rejected the first coming of Messiah. It's rejecting what he's doing with his second coming and his prophetic plans and his word. Thankfully, there are pastors who have kind of inherited that or kind of indifferent to what they would call eschatological scenarios, um, end time scenarios. And, and I've talked with some of them and they've humbled themselves. Here's an example. I was uh, going to Ethiopia with a ministry and I was uh, assigned to a room with a precious pastor who happens to have letters after his name. He's a doctor of uh, theology, Bible stuff. Anyhow... I started talking to him about Bible prophecy and he did not believe in the things the Bible teaches with regard to the prophetic word and the end time scenarios that I discuss on Watch Therefore. And um, I, I wasn't upset with him or angry at him. I, I, I just knew I wasn't going to be able to talk with him about that. And the Lord told me, the Lord very clearly told me, he will be your friend before long. You'll see. 
And we had a lovely time on the trip together. And maybe a year later, he called me. And he was very interested in our outreach in Africa. And he had been for a while. And he called me and he said, I would like you to come and speak at our church. I said, you mean about what we're doing in Africa? He said, no, about Bible prophecy and what the Lord is doing with Israel today. Isn't that something? That I had shared those things with him and, and prayed with him. And we had a lovely time together. And I was real patient. The Lord showed me to be patient with him. And that the Lord would move and reveal to him the prophetic word. Yeah, I had another situation with a pastor who was so well-educated. He had a whole library and he invited me over to talk to him. And, and uh, he knew that the, he said, the Lord has something for, for you to share with me. And I don't know what it is. Well, I knew what it was. It was a Watch Therefore message. And so I went to his office, and, and this was a, a, a seminarian. He had had uh, also a doctorate and had been a pastor for probably 35 years or longer. And when he started hearing Bible prophecy teaching, he'd just never been taught it before. Amazingly, in this generation where it's all being fulfilled, or so much of it's being fulfilled, and he humbled himself and he said, this is the thing that was in my heart that the Lord didn't want in my heart that was making his heart sad. And, and he repented and he received Bible prophecy. See, folks, Bible prophecy is Bible prophecy. It's, it's what we who follow Messiah Jesus are supposed to be believing and sharing with others. And, and especially pastors and teachers are supposed to, Right? And so there are humble, godly men who, when hearing what God is doing today, they, they receive it and embrace it. Well, I did go to that pastor's, well, both of their churches, and teach on Bible prophecy, and they embraced it and thanked me. And we're, we're, we're still friends, of course, today. Maybe there's a pastor or leader watching today. Maybe you're, a, maybe you're a, a person who had never considered these things or maybe even were against these things before. Listen, don't walk in the same kind of hypocrisy that the Lord warned about then. There are many more prophecies about his second coming and they're leaping off the pages at us today. The days of Noah, the birth pains, uh, the, the fig tree generation, Matthew 24, Mark 13, Luke 21, um, uh, Isaiah chapter 66 about the physical and then spiritual rebirth of Israel. All these things are leaping off the pages at us today. So a really good question would be, so I'm going to go ahead and ask it. A really good question would be, having said that, what should we do? What should we do? What would be a way to receive Bible prophecy teaching, to live a life and to have an open heart and to, to, to be um, a vessel that can receive the grace of the Lord with regard to this hour in which we live and then to share the grace of the Lord? Well, I think that's a great question. And what we're going to do is we're going to take a break in just a moment. And I have some really important things to share with you on this break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about, okay, I, I don't want to be a hypocrite. I want to discern the times. I want, to, I want to live in a way where I can see what the Lord's doing and hear what the Lord's doing. And I want to walk in His grace and mercy for myself, for my family, for my church, for, and for others. To warn them of the seriousness of, the seriousness of this hour. And so, when we come back, we'll talk about that in just a moment. Watch, therefore. I'm so thankful for this time we have together. And I would like to share some kingdom opportunities we have to bear fruit together that will remain. I'm talking about the Watch Therefore message and a couple of ministries that stand other, under the umbrella, marching orders, if you will. They stand under the umbrella of Watch Therefore. 
They are to the Jew first and then to the Gentile gospel and discipleship. Romans chapter 1 verse 16. And our to the Jew first work is through blessing Israeli believers, getting out the gospel, making disciples, saving babies from abortion, and so much more here in the promised land. And, and to find more out about this ministry, you can go to watchtherefore.tv. That's watchtherefore.tv or blessingisraelibelievers.com. Hey, the Bible says, I'll bless those who bless you with regard to Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, his name by God changed to Israel, and his descendants. What a special time to be able to partner with this special ministry, Blessing Israeli Believers. And the Bible says, and then to the nations. We have our ministry poured out for the nations. Paul said he was poured out for the faith of the Philippian believers in Messiah Jesus. In the same way, we're poured out for the nations. I've been to 10 African countries in 11 years, many times. Oh, we've seen thousands saved. We've been able to touch and bless so many orphans and we continue to do that. James chapter 1 says, Pure and undefiled religion visits orphans and widows in their trouble and keeps oneself unspotted from the world. That's kind of our James 121 ministry in the nations. We've got a church we planted in Texas. I even go to Europe, to Lithuania, to teach uh, the Bible, the Watch Therefore message, and preach the gospel, and much more. So you can go to watchtherefore.tv and you can find out how to partner with us. Again, our help comes from the Lord, maker of heaven and earth, and we trust Him to raise up partners to help keep this program on the air. Listen, the gospel is free, but especially with media like this, discipleship costs a lot. And so uh, we know that costs a lot of money. We know that we can't do it ourselves. We trust the Lord to raise up from our viewers faithful partners that will help us not only keep this program on the air, but expand it around the world. Why? Because we want to be the faithful servant who's watching for the master to come and doing what the master commanded. And we want to make disciples who are the faithful servant, the faithful servant who's watching for the master to come and doing what the master commanded. Yes? And so if you uh, want to learn more about this and even know how to pray and, and, and follow along, you can go to watchtherefore.tv and sign up for our monthly newsletters, free monthly newsletters, and there you'll find prayer points and you'll understand better what we're doing so you'll know, know what you're sowing into as you sow into this ministry. So praise God if that's you that he's raising you up to partner with us. Glad to have you and it's going to be very exciting and we will, I trust, see a lot of fruit that will remain. Now, back to the program, Watch Therefore, I trust that we're going to get blessed and prepared together. Welcome back to Watch Therefore. In our first teaching segment, what we saw was the religious leaders who knew the Bible and who were responsible to teach the Bible to, to the children of Israel. Not, not only were they blind and negligent in, re, in receiving Messiah for themselves, but they also did their best to keep others from receiving him. And, and even did their best to reject him to a point where he would be crucified. Now, by the way, I've got to tell you, down through the years... There are people who have hated the Jewish people who have tried to pin that on all the Jewish people. You couldn't even pin it on all the Jewish people who are alive in Israel. Do you know up to a, a third of Israelis believed in Messiah Jesus? Uh, uh, by the time it was over with regard to after him being resurrected, even many of the Pharisees believed in Messiah Jesus. No, there was a, 
relatively small number who were yelling crucified him, but certainly they were stirred up by the, many of the leaders of that time. And, and we talked about how they couldn't discern the times, though they were responsible to discern the times, and they were the gatekeepers of the scriptures of Bible prophecy. And today, it's not different. It's not. The Bible says in 2 Peter chapter 3 that scoffers will come in the last days, walking according to their lusts. And they will say, basically, that nothing's changed since the beginning of time. Things are as they always have been, right? And so it is today. There are many, even church leaders, who say this generation is no different than any other generation. That Jesus may not come back for 2,000 years. Well, that's just, that's foolishness. The Bible says the fig tree generation will not pass away till all the prophetic word that pertains all the way up to Messiah Jesus sitting on the throne of David in Jerusalem, all those things will come to pass. Yeah. And, and so what do I do? If, if I don't want to be called a hypocrite by the Lord, if, if, if I want to discern the times of this generation for what it is, what do I do? Here's what we're going to need. We're going to need grace. We're going to need the grace of God. Yeah. Hey, listen, let's keep it simple, folks. Let's, we need grace and we need mercy, right? Well, how does grace help me do this? I'm glad you asked. In Titus 2, beginning in verse 11, the New Testament epistle that Paul wrote, Titus chapter 2, beginning in verse 11, you ready? For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us. Whoa. See, grace teaches us. It's the grace of God that Messiah Jesus died on the cross for our sins and that he comes and reveals by the Holy Spirit the conviction of our sins and that we need a Savior and who that Savior is and what He did for us and how to be saved by Him. Jesus the Lord died on the cross for our sins. He was buried and on the third day rose again. We have to repent and receive Jesus as Lord. That's the grace of God that brings salvation. After that, grace teaches us. What does it teach us? Again, I'm glad you asked. Teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts We should live soberly, righteously, and godly in the present age. Wow. Wow, grace teaches us that we're to deny ungodliness. We're we're to deny a disregard for the things of the kingdom of God. We're to deny that. Just like in Noah's day, that's what it's like today. People have this disregard and even bitterness and anger and hatred towards the things of God. Right? Right? And, and, and that's what's going on. No, we need to, de- to deny that, to deny ungodliness and worldly lusts. You see, the world is constantly offering us things that the Lord has already told us about those things. No, no. Lust is a strong desire for, which God, for those things which God forbids. To deny worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously and godly in the present age. So we're to to deny ungodliness and worldly lusts. And then we're to live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present age. To live soberly doesn't only mean to avoid drunkenness. You know, it it, it means that we are to be clear thinking. Clear thinking. Let me ask you a question. Could the world use a few more people who think clearly today? Could the world use some more, some clear-headed people? Hello? Hallelujah? Yes? No, we're to live soberly, righteously. What does it mean to live righteously? To live by God's standard of goodness. How do we do that? Christ in us lives through us. 
We deny ourselves. We take up our cross. We follow Jesus. And by His Spirit, He lives through us righteously and godly. What does that mean? Devoted. Devoted to the Lord. In this present age, what does that mean? That means that this present age is coming to an end. This present age is coming to an end. And I'm here to tell you, by the grace of the Lord, it's coming to an end very soon. It's coming to an end very soon. And that grace teaches us, verse 13, looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. This is what grace teaches us to do today, right now. People say, I don't believe Jesus could come in the clouds for us any moment. I don't believe in that rapture stuff. Well, you need to stop fighting against grace. That's what you need to do. Well, how, how, do you, how can you say that? Because it says here that grace teaches us every day to look for the blessed hope. Why is it the blessed hope? Because this is a hopeless world, but that Messiah Jesus would come for us and take us out of it. And then he's going to pour his wrath out on it. And then he's going to return with us. And the Bible says in the book of Romans, that, that in chapter 8, that the earth is travailing in birth pangs. Right? What's, what's, what's it tra- travailing over? When men will come back without sin in their body. The Bible says the earth is travailing in expectation and waiting for, eagerly for, the sons of God, the children of God to come who don't have sin in their body. Right? And, and so that's what we're looking for. Are you looking for him to return? Eagerly, that's what the Bible says, we're to be eagerly waiting for him and watching for him. But grace teaches us to look for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. If you're looking for him to come, guess what you'll see? The signs that are all around us that he is coming. If you're looking for him to come, if you're living your life like the bride, that's what the blessed hope is, the groom is coming. The groom is coming. The groom is coming. The bride would purify herself waiting for the groom to come in the Jewish wedding. Looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for himself his own special people zealous for good works. You see, if you've been redeemed, if you understand who your Redeemer is, Messiah Jesus, and that he's redeemed you from the slave market of sin, he's purchased you with his precious blood, right? And now he says, you're mine. Hallelujah. And then he, by his grace, begins to purify you, right? And, and that takes on many forms. Sometimes it's trials, right? Sometimes it's by his spirit teaching us his word. And there are other ways. And, and, and through his word and through trials and difficulties and struggles and through his kindness and goodness and gentleness, for example, we understand, oh, I've, I, I can't live like that. I can't think like that. Every day with Jesus is sweeter than the day before. We grow in his grace, right? Because he gave himself for us to redeem us from lawlessness and wickedness. But so many today proclaim to follow Jesus, but live in lawlessness and wickedness. No, you got to get with grace. Well, you know, I'm saved by grace and grace overlooks my sin. No, no, no. Grace never looks, overlooks anyone's sin. If you want to see how much grace doesn't overlook sin, look at the cross with the beaten, bloody, 
body of Mashiach Yeshua, Messiah Jesus, the precious Lamb of God, who was beaten to a place where he was almost unrecognizable, the Bible says, for our sins. Grace doesn't overlook our sins. Grace made it so all of our sins would be poured out and the wrath thereof upon the Lamb of God. Right? So grace meets us where we are, wherever we are, and we're forgiven for our sins as as we put our faith in the one who took our sins upon him. And then grace teaches us to live lives that are, are programmed and prioritized for righteousness and pre- preparation for the groom to come for us. And if that's not your understanding of grace, you've got a bad doctrine. You've got a bad teaching. Right? Grace meets us where we are, whatever kind of sin we're in. But grace never leaves us there. Grace always meets you where you are, but grace never leaves you there. Grace teaches us to go onward and upward until the king comes for us and takes us in the clouds. Hallelujah. Who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for himself his own special people, zealous for good works. The Bible says in 1 John chapter 3, that he who has this hope in him, what hope? The blessed hope that he's coming for us in the clouds. That he has this hope in him, purifies himself just as he is pure. You see, grace teaches us that the Lord is purifying us and I want to cooperate with grace and purify myself. Right? That's grace. Working together with the Lord in his program, zealous for good works. Excited about getting out the gospel. Excited about making disciples. Excited about partnering with ministries who are doing kingdom work where the Lord leads you to do that. Listen, this is what we need for this hour. And if you walk this way, you'll discern the reality of this generation. Receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. He died on the cross for your sins. Cry out, oh Jesus, save me, I'm a sinner. And then begin to live for him. Start reading your Bible. Get into a Bible teaching, Bible prophecy teaching church. Oh, thank you, Father and Messiah, Jesus' name. For all of our viewers today, may we receive and be taught by and walk in your grace. Thank you, Father and Messiah Yeshua's name. Amen. I pray the program has blessed you today. Remember, until we get together next time, watch therefore. Thank you for joining us for our program today. Our program is sponsored by the friends and partners of Watch Therefore Ministries. In future programs, we'll have many more Watch Therefore teachings from the Bible, worship, and exciting interviews with our believing partners in Israel and around the world. Please contact us at doveschwartz62 at yahoo.com. That's D-O-V-S-C-H-W-A-R-Z 62 at yahoo.com. And if you would like to subscribe to our newsletter, you can fill out a contact form on the website watchtherefore.tv. We also have audio programs available on our website, watchtherefore.tv. We are on social media since it is an amazing tool to share the gospel and communicate with one another. Feel free to also find us there at Watch Therefore Radio and TV. Watch Therefore Radio and TV. Until next time, we're watching for King Jesus to return. Watch Therefore and be ready.